The History of Personal Computing. History of Personal Computing. Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome back to the highest rated, award winning, most listened to podcast about computer history nostalgia around anywhere the History of Personal Computing eBay Edition podcast. I'm the host, so I can make up whatever claims I like about our show. And my name is David, and I'm sitting here right next to me is my co host, <laughs> Jeff. Hello, gentle Jeff. Anything new with you? I don't know. I'm I calling our lawyer right now. You're what? I'm calling our lawyer to make sure <laughs> we can make those kind of claims. Yeah, we're in the same room doing the podcast. That's right. We are. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's the modern modern technology for you. Yeah, isn't it great? Yes, we'll just post that same picture of us in the, you know, the same view and then uh we can say that's where we recorded oh wait i'll have to ask the lawyers about that too well we'll tell our listeners how i was all ready to go out back on my screened in uh porch for the first time to do the podcast and then yeah because now it's working fine but if yeah. you interference from outside or something was affecting you ran out of string on your wi-fi maybe yeah even though i reset it and all but it's an older in router so maybe yeah maybe that had something to do with it in any case anything new with you uh, with me, you know, my son uh, graduates on Tuesday, oh. high school, high school graduation. That means they're both out of school. It means no more money to the lunch lady. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my son gets to find a full-time job. Oh, does he have any, uh, anything in sight? Well, he plans for, for a job. No, nothing yet. Um, and the problem is it's going to be a bad market because everybody else is getting out of school. Oh, right. Um, but we'll, we'll see. He also wants to go to um, a local, um, what they call it, two to four year college. You earn two years worth of a, uh, you basically earn an associate's degree, but then you can transition to other colleges. He wants to yeah. get into um, information technology. I, I'm recommending cybersecurity because that's still going to be popular for a while. Yep. You know, as opposed to just uh, just general computing. Well, you know, um, I just came out of a cyber, you know, Internet security, uh, network security, whatever I say. No, this is internet security. I think it's a better way of putting it. Company. And yes, I, I do think it's, it's definitely the fastest growing sector. And, um, and he's, he's got to catch that wave and ride it. Yeah, well, it's got a long future. And um, I don't know if it'll ever go away, well, really, right? It'll be ever-changing, sort of like um, regular just computer networking itself. Yeah, that's true. Networking keeps getting better and better and more technologies that you have to keep up on. Yeah. Uh, infrastructure is going to always, I think change and grow and evolve and need actually needs human beings involved in it. Where like the, where I spent a lot of my time in desktop support, you still need people, but just even less so nowadays. Yes. So that's, it's going to be a different thing now that there'll be nobody in high school anymore in the household. Yeah. So it, it'll be different. One day you'll be an empty nester. Like, uh, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, I, one keep, day I us cross too. my fingers. I cross my fingers. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's okay. They, they, uh, they, 
my wife and I take jaunts to places around the region, um, around the Northeast and stuff here and there. Every once in a while, the kids stay home. They watch the house. Um, and you know, my daughter's going to school right now. So that was one of the informal agreements is if you're going to school, yeah, you can hang around home, you know, as long as you need to, as long as you're not going, you know, all Tommy boy on us and, you know, do your bachelor's degree in eight years. Mm. So what is this that you have here? Shadow of the well, Beast. Yeah. Under our news section, I, I learned about this from, uh, and you met the guys, I believe up at the, uh, VCF East, the, uh, uh French the, guys? Uh, the, the, you know, the, um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong here. The Amiga, the guru, the Amiga gurus. Okay. The two uh, guys. Yes. The two guys that were there. Okay. Uh, I've, I came across a live YouTube streaming uh, with one of them. I forget his name, but it's, it's been one of those weeks. So I'm going to forget names all week, you know, all the rest of the weekend. And when I, you know, I was an Amiga fan. And one of the things I, one of the games I liked was called Shadow of the Beast. It was made by a company called Psygnosis. And it really showed off music capabilities, graphics capabilities, especially the multi-layer parallax scrolling. I mean, it was unreal at the time. Um, and it really only came out on the Amiga, and I think they did it for the IBM, or they tried to make it work for the IBM. I don't know. I was an Amiga person. Uh, but it was really fun to play on the Amiga. And then, just like a lot of hot apps for you know certain machines, they just kind of die off eventually with the machine. Uh-huh. And decades later, here a company's remaking Shadow of the Beast game, and they did it for the PS4. It came out in the middle of uh, May. And that's where I first learned about it. And it's it's not it's not revolutionary like the original, but it's a good um, remake. It's priced about right. It's priced about twenty bucks uh, on the PlayStation Network. Um, you can't get a disc or anything. You just download it through the PlayStation Network. But it, it keeps the spirit of the game there. It just adds more um, you know open world action like you would get for. Uh, platformers, you know, the, the well, platformers are just like 2D. This is 3D. You can go in different directions, but you, you're, you're kind of on rails to, to some degree. You, know, you have to play through certain sections, mm-hmm. but I think they did a good job keeping the spirit of the game alive. Um, if not, you know, anything else, um, somebody would play it now, uh, like the most modern generation, my kids will probably play it and say, oh, this is a cute game. It would probably run fine on a mobile phone. Yeah. Somebody wrote it for it, but I just thought it was neat. You know, somebody thinking about it. There's a company out there thinking about it, and actually did a good job thinking about it when they created the game. Yeah, so I remember it's this, not the original. The the graphics were pretty impressive. I'm looking at some some pictures for it. So, for yeah. the new one, yes. No, no, well, for the old one, for the original. Oh, the old one. one, yes. You have like uh, ten or fifteen layers of parallax scrolling, mm-hmm. and that was just unheard of back in. You know, in those days, and in, in yeah, the late this is where it sort of um, paralleled what was going on. This absolute state of the art in an arcade game. Yes, I would, yeah, I would say this is equivalent from what I'm looking at in the pictures here. But I totally remember. Uh, here we go. The logo. Yeah, I totally remember that with the owl. It's like yes. an owl in a circle. Then with the uh, the owl. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, no, this is. Uh... Yeah, the link that we'll be putting in the show notes goes straight to a uh, launch trailer by PlayStation that okay. was published mid mid May. But yeah, the game, um, it it looked 
it looked fun. I mean, for twenty bucks, it's like why not? If you're if you're a Shadow of the Beast fan and you like side scrolling or mm-hmm. I, I forget the the genre of game. They, there's so many subgenres anymore. But basically, yes, you're playing on rails. So you have to kind of do something before you can move on to the next. But it's not exactly a, a you know platformer in the sense that it's a flat two D. It's not Super Mario. Right, but you do have to go through section to section, and you yeah. have more three D feel to it, and then you get more advanced weapons. I mean, it's what they do. You know, when <laughs> when they take some older games and try to redo them, is they just throw more goodies in and better graphics. Yes. Oh yeah, they leverage they leverage the technology. Sort of like a reboot. Yes, well, it is a reboot, isn't it? It is, and it good. has. Blood and gore and intense violence, according to the ESRB. Well, I'll watch the, I'll watch so the trailer. It, that, that alone makes it good. And I have a PS4. It's the first go. modern game system I've ever purchased, which I hardly and, ever play myself. But And they keep the colors pretty much similar, or like the pinkish blue sky, like the, the continuous sunset, and the green grass, and the, you know, the yeah. light tan um, desert scenes and, and reds all around. And of course the red of blood. Well, I have a few things to talk about and, uh, yeah, but, they're, but they're all quick. So first off, there'll be a link in the show notes for where I work, the computer museum of America, which is going to be opening now to the public starting this month, one week from tomorrow, Saturday. So that's June 11th. So every and second and fourth Saturday of each month now will be open, you know, one day to the public. And you thought you were busy now. Yeah. Well, we had a big event last night, which was a lot of fun because we're also like an event center and we're just trying to um, advertise that. And we had a Hispanic ladies uh, bazaar uh, there and it was, it was, that was a lot of fun. So that was really good. But I was a long day. I was there from like nine to 11 p.m. <laughs> but that doesn't happen <laughs> a lot. So, yeah. Anyway, so there's a link in the show notes. And of course, anybody, if you're in, you know, decent driving distance of, of uh, northern Atlanta, north of Atlanta, then consider coming out. But, hey, there's plenty of time every second and fourth Saturday. So just announce that. So that's a big deal. And the second link here is to an eBay auction. And let me click on that. And this is for a MITS Altair 680 clone, the Mini 681. And I have spoken to a gentleman in North Carolina who makes this named Sam. And I mentioned it last show. So, so Jeff, we're going to be interviewing Sam at, at a, sometime soon. Okay. So I'm waiting to hear back from him. Like, you know, is a, is a weekend better or, or week during, you know, in the evening better. But, um, but there you go. This is another, um, you know, reproduction. So it, it's sort of like the Altier clone and like the, um, the the I'm going all blank here. The Pi, you know, the PD, Pi DP, Pi DP eight, yeah, yeah. Where where the front front panel switches and everything looks pretty accurate, like the real thing, but then it's it's reproduced inside. Excuse me. So it's not a. So know, that's a custom board he he created for that. Well, we'll we'll have to ask him. I'm not entirely okay. sure. But um, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, he's using an FP. Or not a PG, uh, P, oh, I forget the, what it is. Yeah, you'll be able to it's ask some more technical chip. stuff. Yeah, I, it looks like a custom board. That's interesting. So so that's coming up, and let's see, what's my third one? Oh, okay. Third, I've bought a couple things here lately on eBay, so uh, <laughs> I've gotten rid of most things. But So I'm going to – I chose one of these in the uh, – 
one of my, my auctions we're going to go over. But this is a link to the Facebook group. So let me click on that. And the name of the Facebook group is the Orel BK08 and other Soviet ZX Spectrum clones. Okay, so, it's a closed group, I see. Yeah, so you have to, you have to, uh, you know, ask to join, and uh, you know, and I did, and they they let me in because so what I so actually the picture in the in this Facebook group that uh, that's what I got right there, that same picture, same thing. So I, I purchased an Orel BK08. And it was it was brand new, new old stock from the late '80s, Soviet-made ZX copy. Um, but I have two barriers to overcome, so I haven't I haven't started pursuing it yet in the group. Language, but, um, which looks like it looks like it well, uses the, the Cyrillic writing. <laughs> but believe it or not, that's the least of the. Oh, is it? Tell. Yeah. So the two main things I have to overcome is uh, the power. Yeah, uh, two twenty. Yeah, yeah. So the plug I have, which that shouldn't be too hard. I need to adapt that so I can plug it in here. Um, I know there's converters for that. So actually, that plug I guess is just a standard European plug. And I bought this yeah, from someone in Slovakia. You could probably use a travel pack like a invert or converter for that. Yeah. And the second thing is the video. So, Pal, right? Or well, it's, it's not just Pal. I think it's something unique about the. I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, you're right. Maybe it's pal. So there's something I got to do to work through that. And um, and a lot of the people in this group I think are are European, and you know, so I haven't spent enough time, you know, the discovering. Like I, I th- I'm pretty sure there are like some Americans that have fooled around with these and got and made them work. But it's just kind of a fun. I see thing. names like I see names like John Kenny and Stephen Miles. They do not sound very Russian yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> right, Jason Taylor. I'm looking at right now. Or did you say that name? Oh, what two names uh, did you say? No. Okay, well, good. <laughs> uh, John Kenny and Stephen Miles. Okay. And we might each be uh, getting different uh, uh, lists. Yeah, because I'm That's just the way Facebook. But yeah, it's kind of cool that, you know, it's got all the Soviet text and everything. So, uh, and what'd you call it? What's the name of that that type of text? The Cyrillic. I think it's yeah, pronounced Cyrillic. Cyrillic. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I think you're right. Like so there you go. There's some interesting stuff. And also, uh, I do a search. So later in the program, when we do our auctions, um, I'll, I'll bring up some of that stuff that we can check out. So moving along to the guts of the show here, uh, this is the podcast where we take an informal look at personal computing history through the lens of eBay auctions. It's sort of like Antiques Roadshow, but all about antique personal computers. And on today's show, we're continuing our coverage of the second phase of portables, which are the earliest laptops. So we're covering three today, the Radio Shack TRS-80 Model 100, the Toshiba T1100, and then finally the Data General 1. So I say finally, actually, you know, all three in, in, in any unspecified order. <laughs> so, so yeah. now a little a little blurbage from uh, the source of all knowledge, Wikipedia. So, so take it away. Okay, um, thanks for giving me the TRS eighty model one hundred because I have one of those, and you know I left it out of reach here. Um, oh yeah, and I forgot to get my one hundred two. But yeah, we should be holding this stuff. Uh, more inspiration. The uh, the TRS eighty model one hundred is a portable computer introduced in nineteen eighty three. It is one of the first notebook style computers featuring a keyboard and liquid crystal display in a battery powered package roughly the size and shape of a notepad or a large book. Yeah, I would say more like a large book. It was made by Kyocera and originally sold in Japan as the Kyotronic eighty five. 
Although a slow seller for Kyocera, the rights to the machine were purchased by Tandy Corporation. And you know, that was kind of a smart move on their part when they found that either a very yeah. smart move or a lucky move because I think some people are still using it today. Not many, but you know, it takes what, four double A's last forever? Either four or six, yeah. Right. And and you know, and because it has a serial interface, things like that come in handy for like, well, my uh, ham radio hobby. Because it's a serial interface to maybe a packet terminal mm-hmm. uh, for remote communications, and the screen's big enough with its, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a full size screen as we're used to, you know, even in the early 1990s. But it's got how many rows? Like eight, eight or ten rows. Um, hey, can you actually, use it? Um, can you easily hook it up to say like, like that Altair clone or you know a real Altair, you know, older machines, and use it like a terminal? I don't see why not. I could probably hook it up to my K Pro and use the there's uh, I guess CPM uh, app or yeah app uh, program which will let you take serial control of the system mm-hmm. uh, as long as you can match the uh, the the data and parity and and stuff the com settings it, it should work that way. The only thing you won't get you you probably just get plain uh, ASCII. You won't get any fancy, you know, like ANSI control codes. They'll probably come through as the escape characters that they really are. Okay. Uh, but they won't be converted. But for pure text only, you could probably use it to connect to um, one of those Ohio Scientific C2s that are controlled via terminal. And... um. If you notice, you know, Wikipedia articles are, of course, you know, generated by regular people. And then, uh, what do you call that? So, uh, what's it like mass people editing and changing and stuff? They're not always in the same exact format. So, for instance, when I read the Toshiba T1100 here, it actually gives a little bit of, or is it, I'm sorry, or it's the, the data general when you read it, it gives a little bit of the specs. But, you know, there, we always put the Wikipedia link in the um, show notes. So, generally, when you go to the Wikipedia article along one of the sides, it gives you like a little box here that has a lot of the different specs. Yes. So like, for instance, the model 100, uh, came with the eight K for $1,099. And then they also had a 24 K. They sold yeah, remember, about 6 million of them. I remember them when, when they were new in radio shack and I thought it was the neatest thing, but it was well out of my price range. So, um, Oh, and it had eight lines and 40 characters. Eight lines. Okay, it was eight lines. So, yeah. Um, so, it's basically half of what most 8-bit machines had. But it was a 2.4 megahertz ADC85, which is a pretty robust little It is little for something processor. that size. It, That's more powerful than like the 8088, isn't it? Or even the uh, 6502, 6510. Oh, yeah. well, it was a 16-bit processor internally or whatever, isn't it? Well, it, says, it says 8-bit. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right, well, moving along. So so okay. the Toshiba T1100 was a laptop manufactured by Toshiba in 1985 and has subsequently been described by Toshiba as, quote, the world's first mass market laptop computer, uh, unquote. Its technical specifications were comparable to the original IBM PC desktop using floppy disks as it had no hard drive. And then just clicking over to the Wikipedia article, it um, it was about 1899 and its cost, it ran MS-DOS 2.1. It had an Intel 80C88 at 4.77 megahertz. So maybe not. I guess you're right. Because the 8088 is like the mobile version of the 8088, regular 8088. Yeah. And the, and the um, 
what was it, the 8086 in the Model 100? Is that what it said? Oh, 8085. Yeah. So yeah. there might have been something cut back on it. Uh, yeah, I guess the 8085 was like an improved 8080. That would make sense. Anyway, we don't know. But There's <laughs> it had well, 256K of so RAM. a Wikipedia page on, yep. on that. We can just do a Wikipedia show. Um, oh, okay. What is the 8080 and 80, the 8085 is Z80 based. Oh, okay. Which is 8080 based, basically. An improved yes. 8080. Okay. So I wonder if somebody ever made CPM run on a Model 100. They, that would be oh, cool. Model 100. I was going to say, they definitely did on the 8085, that's for sure. Because I used to have an old big CPM machine that had an 8085 in it. Okay. And it, it so it definitely ran CPM. I'm trying to think who made that one. Well, there sounds like a project. 80, uh, CPM on a Model 100. Yeah. wonder what that will take. Probably pulling ROMs. <laughs> All right, so go ahead with the data general. Data general. Uh, that's right. The uh, Hang on, I was looking at things. Okay. The data general 1, or the DG-1 or DG-1, was a portable personal computer introduced in 1984 by mini computer company data general. Um, the 9-pound battery-powered 1984 data general 1 ran MS-DOS and had dual 3.5-inch floppy disks. Oh, pretty advanced at the time. Uh, a 79-key full-stroke keyboard, 128K to 512K of RAM, and a monochrome LCD screen capable of either the standard 80 by 25 characters or full CGA graphics. So you probably got the four shades of gray, which certainly looked a lot better than black, white, cyan, and magenta. Although it had what like one of those greenish displays, if I recall. Oh, uh, the yeah, PD you're right. Display, so. Yeah, because on eBay when you look at them, well, it's sort of like the Tandy 100 has that too, in that the tent backing of like the uh, the LCD display. So it has well, the one the 100. Is a little I bit thought more. that was silver. I don't know. It looks kind of green in the pictures. Really? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the NEC further down. Okay. So maybe it's different. NEC, PC, All the different NEC. variations. It's just how they source the parts, oh. right? Oh, yeah, we'll get a green display for this one because it's cheaper than the silver display. Yeah, and I think it's just the light, too, maybe, in the photograph. That's right. The light shining off your computer screen and it's giving it different colors. <laughs> you got me all caught up on or about this uh, CPM thing. I was just trying to do a quick search while you're reading. But that would be interesting. If anybody knows the well, answer... Wouldn't it work? I mean, if it's the 8085, and if, if that can run CPM and other systems, why couldn't you run CPM on yep. a uh, Model 100? It will probably require some hacking, but hey, uh, you know what's coming up soon? That that would be the uh, retro challenge. The, yeah. Was it biannual, twice a, twice a year? Mm-hmm. Is that biannual? I believe so. Uh, that's coming up, if not this month, next month for sure. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Anybody who may want to consider that, I bet that will probably uh, inch up to first place. Problem is, I would do it myself, but I know July's. I think it's. I think it's actually in July. July's probably going to be very busy for me, and I don't want to tear apart my only Model One Hundred. No, because like all of them, they're getting harder to find too. You know, there's, yeah. there's plenty still on eBay. If you really want one, you can get them, but still. I took the batteries out of mine just before they started to really leak. I cleaned that up real quick. I always intend to take batteries out before I put them away again, and then I forget. <laughs> Eventually, you get a nose for it. You have stuff put away, and you smell something bitter. So what is that? Oh, there's something on the shelf that yeah. has batteries. And guess what? You know, It's now fuzzy white underneath the battery cover. So moving right into our auction section. We'll auctions. Let, we'll let you uh, – you didn't find a data general one, I guess, right? 
I did. I did. You did. Okay. Never mind. So take it away with the first one. There's something interesting about the data generals that I noticed, but uh, we'll, we'll get to it then. Okay. Um, my first two links actually go to the bidding is ended on this item. You have to click beside the see original listing in that link to see more details about the item. Okay. Because so I copied the pre-link. And let's see. This one, Radio Shack TRS-80 Model 100 portable computer with books and carry case. And it looks like a nice setup. Um, the... Model 100 is in great shape. It comes with a book, which I know mine doesn't. It even comes with a quick reference guide. And the the pleather case, the leather case, um, guy shows it working, has a few light scratches on the screen. Looks like somebody wrote on one of the, right above the print key, wrote 07. Hmm. That means maybe he's writing his own function key labels. Oh, and then there's a name to the left of the control and tab. Uh Maybe 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 it's somebody's password. You never know. Um, fifty four dollars. It was three bids. Fifty four dollars, but twenty five dollars shipping. Really? Even oh, expedited shipping. I wonder if there was other shipping options because it's coming from. Well, it came from Fort Royal, Virginia, which I know is not far from me. Twenty five seems like an awful lot. Oh, they were just going to send a priority mail, so they probably picked flat rate. Hey, you know that writing? It says. It says something like M seven. Looks like I I E or one one E or something, but then it has a comma. Then it has ten PPS, which pages per second. Maybe that has something to do with modem or transmitting. Maybe, maybe, maybe like a reporter well, used it and it had something to do with the settings they need to remember. Oh, I see what you mean. Like if he was uh, typing an article and then sending it back through a service, yeah. it requires. Oh, that's maybe that's, possible. that's what it means. Pages per second. Hey, we're open to emails if anybody else wants to. Uh, take a crack at that or can decode that. Maybe they were in the same business. Um, it's, hey, we're listening. But the That's where book, it got mine from a newspaper. It actually been used by um, journalists. I think I found mine for 20 bucks just because I happened to be at the right place at the right time on eBay and bought it and kept it since really nice condition. It, it works great. I've used the serial port. Just you have to configure it from was it seven e one to eight n one all the time. Huh. But fifty four dollars. Well, well, we'll compare notes later if that's a good price or not. Okay, so uh, my first one is uh, Data General. So it just says nineteen eighties. I tend to, I don't know. I I know these are all like active auctions. I guess I generally do that. And then if I don't find anything, I go to the closed ones. But it's good for both doing different things. It's fine. Yeah, it works so, out well. So this says 1980s Data General 1 2T portable computer 2504A and Data General bag. And the item condition says computer powers on, posts, and loads main menu. I am unsure of operating condition. There was an error message in startup. Failed test 11 and 18. Good cosmetic condition. Some yelling and light wear. No chips, cracks, or breaks. No power supply included. That seems to be a trend I saw on the looking for Toshiba's as well as these guys. And it gives a little bit more information. Um, it's got five twelve k. You know how much it weighs, fifteen pounds, how big it is, and stuff. Um, local pickups free in Portland. Oh, see, shipping is about thirty eight bucks to me, which isn't too bad. Forty five dollars with no bids so far. It's yeah, I'm, I'm looking at so power supply. It looks like it uses a slightly custom cord. But I don't know if that's a custom AC cord. Well, how are they getting it to do that? They don't have a cord. 
unless the battery's good, which in itself is worth something. <laughs> yeah, and it's, that's pretty much no way, right? Well, let's battery. see. They have the clock they have battery. Have some kind of cord. Here, let me click oh, on this. Unless, unless he's stingy. It. Look, if you look at the, um, if you look at the the power cord, yes. yeah, all it needs is a cord. I, I think the power supply is inside the box there. And I believe that too because uh, it's got that, that big area in the back, the vents and stuff. Yes, that would that would certainly be a power supply. Well, no, actually, it looks like it might be a hard drive slot because it looks like there's like a light there, maybe, maybe. Hmm. It, well, I mean, we can read up and. But find I think I've seen stuff, a cord like that, or you could figure something. Out. But if, I'm saying, if, how are they making it uh, display then if they don't have a cord? <laughs> Good point. Oh, it looks like the hard drive maybe. Is next to the floppy disk on the side. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. No power supply included, um, unless this is something that they no, don't normally sell, and that you figured that you have to have this big power supply. It's really interesting. Just also that Data General, a mini computer company, you know, started making laptops, and then they didn't really stay in the game after that. It's a okay. nice looking laptop. Really, for, I'm the, for the time here. frame, is really nice looking. Big screen. It is. I like the way the the font, you know, for saying Data General One and the Model Two T and all that's done. It's very classy. You know, I do see one of the additional auctions that they list on the page. There is one with a brick style power supply. Oh yeah. So maybe it doesn't have a power supply. Untested? Is that one parts? Yeah. It's like, uh, why is it... Wait, powers on, but does and does memory test, but does not post. Does continuous loop of memory test. Nobody. Um, you may have clicked another one, but still, I'm wondering if that power input is DC and not AC. It just uses a very unique connector. Maybe he's keeping the power supply. Maybe this is his second one. You know, for the auction that you posted. Maybe he's selling it as is without a power supply. Because he already has one that works with the power supply. You know? Oh, okay. He probably had two systems, one power supply. Right. And, and quite frankly, I'd probably sell it the same way. I gotcha. I can only guess. All right. Well, you take it away with your next one. All right. Did I pick another Model 100? You know what? I did not. Is this mine? Yeah. So, Tandy Model 100. Yeah. You know what? It's a unique I just, one. I just didn't do any. Toshiba one. That's all right. Okay. And yet, uh, this one's the same way. You have to click on see original listing to get the additional details. This one, I picked this one because, well, it's sold. Sold for $130. Oh, wow. But it has oh. the extra uh, PDD drive, which, uh, was that a floppy or is that like a special cartridge? Huh. Like a disk cartridge. Portable disk drive, 100K. Oh, so it was... Um, Floppy. Yeah, I haven't seen one of those before. Uh, that that alone, you, that, that that makes it a really good deal. It has everything that was in the first auction plus a um, the cassette cable, mm-hmm. which I think it's the same kind of cassette cable that you would use on a TRS eighty model one, three, and four. Um, and then he has the uh, the floppy drive, which is you know like unobtainium, mm-hmm. um, and then a a good wall warp power supply and it, the screen looks really great. So whoever got this 
got really good shipping. 26 bucks from California. And yeah, they're all set. You know, I, I probably would have jumped at this. At least tried to try to. So really they're paying at least 50 or $60 premium for that, for the floppy disk drive. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Which isn't too yeah. bad. Yeah. I think that's a great value for what it was. And I wonder how many more selling it with the floppy drive. I mean, a lot of people will take those items and sell it as a separate item because it's so rare. And you know, it's almost as did any disc come with good. it? Uh, it's almost like who cares? Um, well, if it uses, I oh, see portable disc drive one. Did that use the five and a quarter inch discs? Oh, he says excellent. Except I never found a floppy driver disc to make the floppy do something. Okay. Um. I don't know how easy it is to transfer programs. I tried transferring a program to a Model 100 from a PC before through the serial port, but it didn't work quite right. I would have probably had to write a um, basic program to parse the serial data and get it to save into a file, which then got renamed to some executable or something. But there was a limitation. I forget what it was. It was a couple of years ago I tried doing this. I think it might be that you can't go to 8-bit uh, serial. I think you only can do it at 7-bit, which means you're not going to send uh, executable files because they require uh, the number 0 to 255 at any given time. And you're not going to get that from 7-bit transmission. You're going to get that from 8-bit. Okay. Anyway, um, so if he doesn't have the floppy drive, I mean, if he doesn't have a floppy drive or disk to make the floppy do something. So maybe he doesn't need a driver. Maybe he just wanted to load up something. Did yeah, you? I, uh, I would think the machine for it to be able to work with the disk, that it would just be in ROM for it to should, work. Yeah, it should know it. So maybe it uses a special disk. Yeah, it probably just needs a special kind of diskette. Like maybe a two-inch disk or something? Or someone to know may... I don't know. All right. Let's see. What's up next? I don't know. <laughs> you lost track. All right. So I went and chose a uh, Tandy 102 because I have one. I've had a 100 before, and it's just a slightly later version of the 100. So it's, it's you know, it's in order. So this just says Vintage Radio Shack TRS-80 Tandy Model 102 Portable Computer. Actually, I think I found two of these, and they're both roughly a hundred dollars, but this one has a make offer on it. So it's an active um, auction and it's in, it's only $9 shipping out of North Carolina. Yeah. So same could, here too. So you could pick it up cheaper than, you know, a hundred dollars. So definitely it looks like the one Oh twos, you know, they're worth a little bit more than one hundreds. It's a little yellow, but yeah, I saw that. Or it could just, that could be the picture though. But um, all it says is nice vintage working Tandy one Oh two portable computer. One picture. You know, to answer some of the questions we were coming up with about the Model 100, there is a uh, website out there for a users group called Club100.org. Yeah. yeah, there's a big community around the 100. And, the one and, and I thought I read somewhere that somebody came up with ways to create your own ROM and ROMs that you can put in the empty ROM sockets underneath. Oh, and they even have machine differences between the 100 and 102. The 102 is significantly better technically than the model 100 uh the model 102 is thinner lighter 
and the function keys are laid out more conveniently. Uh, and the keyboard is a joy to use versus the Model 100 because it's smoother, faster, quieter mm-hmm. than the best Model 100 ever. Preach it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bit-level bit technician programming machine language routines and optional ROM accessible programs will find a number of slight technical differences, but nothing that can't be handled easily by the seasoned technician. It's also more durable, apparently, and, has, and batteries last longer in the 102. It's just better. And finding a good Model 102, I guess good in condition, is much easier than finding a good Model 100. And then there's the Model 200, which we're not even talking about, with a flip-top screen. Also, owning a 102 makes you more confident. It, it makes you uh, yes, more attractive it, it, to women. <laughs> it and it, it. it increases your IQ by 20%. Does it? <laughs> uh, you smell better. <laughs> Um, you're better. You're just better to be around. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. I'm gonna go and eat. I'm gonna watch this auction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, take it away with your your data general. What's different about it? Well, uh, just a little bit in the name. Oh, because you have a. It says there's a bag and everything too. Yeah. And I see yours works. Um. And this one, I made the link work, too. So this has the big power supply. It has a printer to go wow. along with it. And that printer worked with it? That's like a Kodak well, Diconics or whatever, isn't it? Well, that probably, looking at the cable connector to it, is probably just Centronics. Yeah. So probably use a standard power port. You know, they did have, like, was it the, was it Canon made the BJ10 printer? Yep. Which has been around since, like, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think I have one in my attic, um, come to think of it. But they were early inkjet printers. Now, um, the one that came with this one is you know, a Diconic Model 150. Is this uh, maybe thermal? It's, a, it's, a, it's an early Kodak um, inkjet. So oh, it is? Okay. If I remember correctly, I don't think it's uh, thermal. It's just, just a, a really early, um, like, three-color inkjet. That was actually one of the first sort of really affordable inkjets in the late 80s. I remember I really won, early 90s, I guess, maybe. That um, back in the day when I didn't own a printer and I was you know, looking for the best cheap ones to get, I was really wanting a Diconics. I was using an Okimate 20. And those were good. I had one for a Commodore, a 10. And, it, and then I eventually broke down in like 1990. One nineteen ninety two and bought an HP five hundred C, yep. And it had to clear up a lot of desk space to use it. And that was my first one. I had what was called back then. You had a Macintosh version, so you had a desk jet, and I had a desk yeah. mate or desk. Oh God, come on! I can't remember this. Anyway, they called it something else for the Mac. They're the same thing, just with a Mac interface. And when you saw the color coming out of it, the by today's comparison, very muddied color yeah. you were like woohoo it doesn't get any better than this <laughs> right right and you had to switch out the black cartridge for the color cartridge to do all your color printing and then switch it back because it wouldn't print you know tricolor plus black which would have been the best way no it mixed all three colors to get the dark oh, yeah. that, that muddied wow. very dark gray slate look i forgot for black. about that and it would soak the paper if you bought the cheap stuff yeah, uh, you could see the print through the other side. Yeah, I, I remember that big old market for people refilling them with the little, 
Oh, yeah. You needed something to draw vacuum out of one side to keep a bubble open. So when you put the ink in through the hole, you just pop through. Uh, at the same time, your, your tail swishing the flies off, and then you finally get it filled with ink, and you had to put a little rubber cap over the hole again. And it's refilled, and then you're left with cleaning up the mess. Anyone that did that stuff successfully on their own, I have a lot of respect for. <laughs> successfully? Well, I made it work myself. But I had a lot of cleaning up afterward, and and just yeah, I had to get the pressure just right, and because um, you had to yeah, you had to have like sort of a you had to plug a hole with your thumb or with a piece of tape so it wouldn't like lose pressure because it had like some kind of inverse, it had some kind of vacuum somewhere. And you know this, um, so this was a great deal on this. It looks like a pretty good deal for the price. I mean, fifty seven ninety nine, you get all this stuff, and you get basically a turnkey portable XT clone. Yeah, and it's running DOS. Everything's fine with it. Look, it even had expanded memory, one twenty eight k. Hey, high mem sys, put those drivers up in high mem. But this thing, where I think the other one I looked at, didn't it also have a, a like test eleven failure or something? I think that's. I bet you it's just like a backup battery. Yeah, you know, the little CMOS battery or something like that. Are you yeah, loading from to... fixed disk as a hard drive in it? Oh, wow. That's a really good deal then. Well, well the shipping is a little high, but you're probably seeing 4402 like I am. It's the CEO system. Yeah, it was a high. I'm trying yeah. to look at the power supply for this to see what kind of connector it has. And yeah, it is an inline power brick. So yes, that first one, the the guy isn't including the power supply, but he probably has one of his own to test it. So mm-hmm. I guess if you can find a suitable power source with the same voltage, probably I'm trying to go by the size of the brick here, probably two amps. Um, and you could probably get something small in a switching power supply. Now that'll do the same thing. Uh, as long as you can adapt that connector and Hey, that's what 3d printers are for. Um, make a new connector and wire it yourself. Oh, check uh, it out. It's, it's the same seller. And that's why I thought the name, the, the, the name of the auction, the title of the auction is very, very similar. Yeah, because I, I looked at their other items and they're selling the other one. Okay. So, yep. So they have that one cable, I guess. Mahler Vintage and Tech. I got a. And they've got a number stuff. of old uh, AM FM receivers if you're into that. Here's a Technics for $44.99 that looks really nice. And they got a JVC and a Kenwood. Yeah, I love those Good old '80s here. stereo receivers with like the uh, the the aluminum brushed aluminum in yep. the front and, uh-huh. and wood wood grain. Yeah, oh yeah. Before I they still, went to the black anodized. Yep, I still think they look they look better. Well, there's yeah. a there's a place near me on the other side of town called Retro Addicts, e- a, a Retro A D D I C T S, and the guy there he actually bought a local electronics company that was. You know, com- competitor to Radio Shack for many decades, and bought all the inventory. He he sells and repairs or repairs and sells those uh, types of stuff. So he has a whole. But they want real premium prices. Little shops like they that. do. They they've been fully shopped. They've been fully worked through. Yeah. I bought my my bookshelf stereo from him. You know the ones like the all in one units with the record yeah. player on top. And um, I bought mine from. I mean, it was great condition. I probably paid the same price. I would have paid from a jc penny catalog you know back in the 80s well and then but, it'll last yeah so it, of it, it, it works really good it's really nice condition he, he he just goes through the whole thing so this it's for serious collectors who are not looking to make money off of it but want to have 
a vintage piece that's in great condition. And uh, I go there from time to time. It's not other stuff that I need, but I go to see what he has. Uh, and yeah, he has a lot of those uh, brushed aluminum receivers, and and they sell for about one hundred and sixty to two hundred or more, depending on its features. But yeah, they do work well. I like them. All right, back to me. Let's see. Yes, I think so. Um, all right, so here's the one Toshiba in our today's show. So in searching for these, I found I actually found this one Toshiba T one thousand. Which, believe it or not, came after the T1100. So the T1100s I found were all um, like for parts only, or they're missing their power supplies too. So I went with this T1000, which is um, you know in the same. Then there's the T1200. These are all in the same. Um, I think I have the T1200 myself. Heritage, if you will, just so 1985 was the first year. Then I think this is 1987 or somewhere in there, and then. Uh, yeah, then you have the T1200. So this is a Toshiba T1000 computer in original box. It's $199.99. Buy it now, or you can make an offer with $40. This is out of Canada. Shipping. And um, yeah, this has the original box, which, eh, frankly, I don't know if that makes it that much more collectible. I guess it does, pretty much hands down. But you know, how much is to be Yeah, how much is discussed? the box worth? It's, it's kind of hard. You need scholars to study that for years to figure that out. So it says, um, you know, it's an original box, great condition, doesn't start every time you turn it on. You just have to restart it. Here's a video I made of it. Oh, look at that. You can see that the first two times I flip the on switch, it doesn't start. Third time, it works fine. Included in the sale is a, is a computer power adapter original box. <laughs> That's it. But they have a YouTube video. Yeah, if it's anything like the uh, T1200, it could be a bad battery that's preventing it from starting. Just Just on the cusp of failure. I'm watching the YouTube video, so the person clicked it off, clicked it on, waited like five seconds, clicked it off, turned, tried it again. It comes up with a little the blue line horizontal that yeah. goes across and goes away really quick. Oh, now it's the third time, and so now the whole screen sort of did a blue on-off thing, and now it's testing the RAM. I it's bet it's battery. Way. I bet he just plugged it in shortly before he uh, you think so? recorded the video. Yeah, because the battery's charging now. It's probably not uh, the switch. Yeah, it's probably just the battery has to come up oh, to power. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right, because you know, it's always running off battery, like a lot yeah, of Yeah, like the Mac Portable, you need to have the battery to sustain yep. the required energy. Right, because so. as soon as you turn it on, it sucks the power out of it, out of the battery. Yes. And it didn't have enough time to charge up from the wall. Okay. But so how much? So $200. So uh, I don't know. No, I think it's a little high. Well, yeah, even if it worked perfectly, um, the box isn't worth a hundred to hundred and twenty-five dollars. But you know, actually, very um, sort of a sleek laptop when it's closed. It it does have a neat look to it. Yeah, it almost looks like if you put a keyboard on top of the. It almost looks like it'd be like a a, a mix between a Commodore One Twenty Eight and Commodore Amiga Five Hundred. I always like the, Toshiba laptops. Has, has the floppy drive on the right hand side and has the uh, the vents across the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, all it just needs is a keyboard nested right into the top of that screen area, and it would look like an Amiga computer. Now you know the um, the shipping here for me that is quoted at thirty nine ninety nine. It says Can- Canada Post light packet. USA. <laughs> I don't, I shove it in bubble wrap. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if that. I mean, I guess they have to live up to that price well no they probably it's it's got a box so he's probably just sending the box Hmm. but light packet that doesn't sound like a right proper description it doesn't but maybe that's what 
Canada Post calls it. Yeah. Crazy Canadians. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> All right. You go ahead. Oh, I have another one? Yes, I do. I have my random auction. And this is this is the... Another uh, one. I have another one? <laughs> yeah. <that was> good. <laughs> this one, I it was in one of those... Um, uh, people were also interested in lists from one I was looking at. And I didn't know this existed. I know I know VTech made stuff, made oh. computing devices, but this is VTech Laser 50 personal computer. And after reading more, some more, more details about this, it's more like those uh remember the Radio Shack Pocket PCs right, and the right. Casio and Sharp Pie. I think that's what this is, but in a bigger form factor. Uh because it has it programs in basic doubles as a calculator has a single line LCD display, huh. but I think it's just more of a you know bigger, easier to hold, more uh, substantial uh, case. Uh, yeah. the guy doesn't show it turned on, but even as a carry handle. So hey, I got a big old portable. It has computer. a real uh, keyboard. Yes, it looks like a full size. You know, as opposed to those little buttons, those little chicklet chicklet buttons that you get. Right. But you know, and even does trace it. But they call it an educational computer. See, that's the V Tech I know. Right, because uh, they went on. Well, they're still around now, and they make toys. Yes, uh, they make those toy laptop computers with the tiny screens that are like grotesquely smaller than what you'd expect from the big plastic mm-hmm. screen. Well, they also make a bezel. line of um, kid tablets and t- kid handhelds, and I don't know what their brands are, but they compete with Leapfrog. Uh, the leap pad and that's you know and i think leapfrog has the bigger market of that but they, you know, if you go to toys r us you'll see leapfrog and you'll see this you know, that's VTech right stuff. they're still doing that yeah now i have uh i have a is it vtech the it's they've made a lot of stuff over the years educational computer or is it i'm thinking pre-computer 1000 no and they even made but, like little kid gaming consoles over the years and stuff like that's that. right yeah um but you know they, I think they did a line of these throughout different times or whatever. Um, I know what I have. I have the um, pre-tech or no uh, VTech pre-computer one thousand. I have that with the instruction manual, yeah. and that's that is a. Um, let's see, you know I've had it. I've toyed around with it. I never really worked through it. I don't even know what it does more than the fact that I just poked around at it. What is it called? I've, I've heard of that one. It's called the Pre-Computer 1000. I have that and the instruction, the flip-top instruction book that comes with it. Okay, it teaches typing, basic computer programming, and over a thousand facts. Oh, yeah. I remember that one because I remember I, that form yeah, factor big time. I have one of those. Because it's got a little handle on it. Yes. And the, and yeah, the off to the keys. side. and But it's a big display area with just a tiny display. Yeah. Which was it really that expensive just to have you know the slightly bigger display like um, you know like the HX twenty and well the Tandy one hundred and some of those. Well, you know, VTech is one of those companies that they're in the right market, but they're not going to lose money in that market. They're they're going to try to mark up everything they can. I think it's like a it's almost like a mini Commodore, hmm. um, except they don't you know produce stuff that and ends up being cult classic. Yeah, hardware, um, but people buy their stuff, and they're always changing it. Um, oh, it looks so. like the pre-computer one. Th- it like it uh, 
Like it evolved over time. So it's a series of computers. Yeah, because here's one that's more of a laptop form factor, and it's got like these little cartridge, uh, like CD little round things you plug into it. Huh. Oh, that's neat. Anyway. So pre-computer was their name, then they just had different subclasses, like the 1000 and the IT Unlimited. I'm going to want to go to uh, Toys R Us and check out the little kitty computers. And where are we at now, with that, that? Now they'll have color screens, yeah. I, remember, I, you know, I don't remember the year or when this was. It's just all of a sudden I remember now. There's this one kid's computer that came out. I think it was like a hundred dollars. It was. It had to be at least five or six years ago, and I was so tempted to buy it because it was just so cool looking. And it was sort of like uh, the closest thing I can kind of say it sort of looked like was like uh, the iMac G4. You know, where it had like a like a base, and then it had like a little flat panel up on a stand off of it. Okay. Adjust, you know, and then it had a mouse and a keyboard, and it was like this little and speakers, like this little. And it was a toy computer, and it didn't really do anything all that fantastic, but just the look of the thing, I remember, it was just so neat looking. My kids had one that was a rugged now if uh, find that. computer that had like uh, had backlighting for the screen, but the backlighting, you can actually slide it out. It, it turned into a flashlight, and it had like a portable radio that was built into it, it did, uh, that you can take out. It, it was modular, uh, but that broke a long time ago. We need to find people that collect all toy computers. That'd be an interesting hobby. Yeah. Well, VTech now has this Genius IQ 128 with a full-color display. Mm-hmm. The tablet? The mouse doesn't look like it. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at it. Um, let's see. Let's just visit the page here. VTech Genius IQ. Um, oh, no. It's, um, it's like a standalone computer, but you hook it up to a composite monitor. But it has a mouse and everything. Hmm. It has 10 function keys. I think it's awesome. And a 25-pin a printer port. <laughs> you mean they made actually a real computer? Well, it does have, like, its own operating system. All I, I, like, It almost was like Windows 95 or Windows 3.1 or mixed between the two. But, you yeah, know, we could do a almost, kid computer show. Yeah, I was just thinking that, that this would make a great show. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? That'd be another like a series of doing like fourth, 1970s and 80s. Fourth 90s, tier. Or yeah, fourth tier. Probably not 70s, but 80s, I guess. 80s, 90s. and. So. I just do it as another tier. You, you have, we have three tiers now. I had a fourth one. You can't do that. Can't. That just, <laughs> that just breaks up the, uh, the stability of the universe. All right. Moving along to the last one. So this is mine. So this link is okay. So this is a link to an auction for uh, a machine like I, I purchased. So it's described as vintage Soviet Union computer USSR computer Orel BK08, a clone ZX Spectrum. It's buy it now of seventy nine dollars, um, or you can make an offer. It's fifty nine dollars shipping from outside the U.S., which is I only paid. Um, yeah, I think I paid fifty to have mine shipped, which wasn't bad considering right from Slovakia. Yeah. And so this is 59 from Kiev, Ukraine. Also, it does also have English and, and Roman characters oh, on it. On the, yeah. So you can see the keys a little bit better here. Yeah, it does. And then look at all the cassettes that come with this one. So this is like somebody's computer. They really used. So this would be, if you really wanted to get it, I kind of wish I bought this one now. 
Yeah. If I had some spare money, I'd be getting it myself. So look at all those diskettes. Um, but of course, then there's still... Oh, and the plastic on it is... Um, how do I describe it? It's like... It's not... Um, it's like shark skin or something? Is it like soft? No, tech- it's it's not like brittle, that cheap or whatever. I mean, it's it's decently durable, but it's a little bit soft. I mean, like ma- like malleable or whatever. But, okay. it, but it definitely feels like some kind of like really cheap plastic. And um, yeah, and then all the the printed materials that come with it, and like a like if you look at this auction, they actually have like the little circuit board diagram laid out. Do you see that in one of the pictures? Yes, yeah, interesting. And uh, and it's really hard to, to read it. I'm yeah, I do see it. It's, it's the paper neat. is almost like um, this. It's like this. How do I describe this? Sort of like a parchment, like a cross between parchment and um, a brown grocery shopping bag. <laughs> okay. Like like the. That yeah. one maybe. So, yeah, it's literally like a like picture an old fashioned brown shopping bag, right? Grocery store bag, yeah. Right? And imagine it being just like a little bit thinner than that, a little bit more, you know, paper, regular paper, like. But it's like that. It's really rough and like like butcher paper. Yeah, sorta. Yeah, like like the white butcher paper. And um, and then all the printing Sounds on like it too. looks like it was almost done, like in the book that came with it and everything. It almost looks like it was, you know, like stamped onto it. You know, like just really. <laughs> anyway, hey, I wouldn't doubt it. So, but there you go. There's a whole community, you know, on Facebook, and um, and it's kind of interesting. So I, I wanted to get involved, and I just think it's kind of neat. Uh, but so if you if you look at this auction, if you do searches for Soviet computer, you know, vintage computing or or Russian computer, and uh, you know, vintage computing on eBay. So even this auction, if you go down and see people who view this item, also viewed. Then you can see a whole gamut of all these different, you know, ZX Spectrum. So this is a this, computer of so choice. This will run off. Spectrum software. You yeah. can load it up. With, I think like it wasn't one hundred percent compatible, but it was really close. But it's apparently this okay. was the computer of choice in uh, in Russia in the so you know Eastern Bloc and so on. And I, I read somewhere that the reason for that probably was because the ZX Spectrum itself had very little proprietary. You know, uh, circuitry yeah, off, in it. a lot of off the shelf stuff for that. So, um, yeah, so this was kind of the Eastern blocks. And it looks like there was some homemade ones too, because yeah. I, some of the people were watching links has the Gavant BK Soviet Union. And it looks like somebody took the keyboard from a Commodore PET 2001, uh, chopped it down a little bit and made a, a computer out of it. It looks like they have clear caps on the keys and somebody like hand typed or handwritten almost the uh, keys on the. And another really interesting one is I'm trying to get there real quick is I think I got this right. Someone. Okay. So search in again, vintage computing, or you find a ton of them. It's a uh, elect. Oh wait, oh, it changed it. Electronica. I've seen those. Yeah. Electron. Okay. Am I doing it right? Yeah. So it changed it to electronic in my search. So electronica. Yeah, here we go. And then With you get... Okay. But again, if you just you use searches watches for, for Russian and or Soviet, you'll find these things. Yeah, that was like, like the Casio of uh, Russia, Electronica, because they, they make watches and games and stuff like that, calculators. All right. They were just probably a big manufacturer. So. All right. Get all off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's have to find. Um, let's see. Values. That's what we go over, right? Oh yeah. So oh yeah. What do you think? 
I'm thinking for the Model 100, I think thirty to forty dollars is a good price with you know reasonable shipping added to it um, for one that works. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd rather say forty or deals 50. out there. Probably for one that's generally in good shape, complete, works, clean. You know, and with the manual, forty or fifty bucks. Yeah, with yeah. maybe with or without manual. And you then, get it uh, for less if you're lucky, but they probably won't have anything but the computer itself. But hey, you just throw some batteries in it. I'm pretty sure you can find the manuals online. I'm almost oh, they're they're out, well at club100.org. I think has them. So now the Toshibas, we didn't really look, only looked at one. But, of course, I looked at a couple where they were missing the power supply. and um, That's going to be the real tricky part. Without knowing exactly what the voltage is on that to manufacture your own power supply, I mean, I'm sure you can create one uh, or piece together something or order, or even on eBay, order a switching power supply that puts out X amount of volts and then just wire it up yourself. Um, I'm thinking you know, 75 to 100 bucks is probably good price for the the 1000 series yeah um well let's say like some of those we see are incomplete or parts obviously you know 50 or 40 or 50 bucks but yeah i think to get one that's really that's working with the power supply and all yeah maybe you know 75 100 dollars and maybe a little bit more if it's in particularly nice condition and but not a hundred dollars extra for the box nah yeah so not really so valuable and then of course we get it we get into it's the, a turnkey XT right. for anybody who wants to do XT-based software, wants to run the old, you know, the CGA games that, that were available. Oh, and then the data generals. I think the ones that we looked at, but what? how much were they? Weren't they like $100, roughly $100 in good shape running? Well, one percent. Yeah, like but 60. I think they could probably go less. Yeah, so I, these are some machines you can pick up where they're just not well known or they're just not really appreciated. That much, just one of the one of the many clones out there, laptop clones. Well, in all three cases, these are really significant old old laptops. The the Data General one was was one of the earliest laptops. It's really um, well, it actually predates you know the Toshiba T eleven hundred by two years. So I think um, many people consider it to being the first one in the clamshell traditional laptop. Um, Unless I'm mistaken, Zenith come up with something similar that had little flip up yeah um, pop up three and a half inch drives and that had the blue and gray LCD display instead of the green one yeah Zenith was a big radio check had, had now when I was in the army I remember um, the captain of my unit I remember he had a Zenith laptop that, that I assume maybe uh, the command you know gave him the use I don't know though could have been his personal one. <laughs> oh, you still there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You're you're dropping marbles. Oh, yeah, jelly beans. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and last, I guess we'll mention on the on the the Russian uh, ZX Spectrum clones. It looks like yeah, you know, pretty much from what I can tell, you can you can pick these up. Lots of choice there. You know, seventy five. Pretty much for two hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, a little bit more, a little bit less. In some cases, you're generally looking at you know fifty or so, sixty dollars for the shipping, though, because they're coming out of the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, for the novel design and the shape of them, that's one thing. But unless you can get something to play that video, um, you're going to have problems. But you know, there are things that you can buy now that can convert like uh, SCART and PAL into uh, uh, HDMI. 
you can buy them like on eBay or something like that. Yeah. They have them for, for an, that's probably what you need. Or, or get one of those for or like 20 bucks. Or like VGA, I think, one of the two. Or that. Yeah, you might not get the cleanest signal, but um, PAL to VGA, I bet you, you can find a board for about 30 bucks that'll do that. Or maybe a little bit more. Um, PAL, or PC to video encoder, VGA to video out. Okay, that's the wrong way. Here we go. Uh, GBS 8100 VGA to CGA S video video converter board supports NTSC NTSC and PAL um, twenty dollar twenty one dollars in free shipping from China. So yeah, you order it now, you'll get it in December. But yeah, it looks like that's what you'll need is and this supports NTSC and PAL and a lot of pictures. Okay, features. Supports VGA, SVGA, XGA, SXGA, supports VGA out by pass through, uh, CGA signal output, 15K video, S video input, and supports NTSC and PAL by switching a button. So that's what you need for yours. You're not going to get the cleanest signal, but it will let you see it. Oh, can you send me that link? Sure. And might as well just put it in the show notes, too. Yeah, please. Just, I was just looking over our Twitter to see if there's any anything to mention. I don't think so. No, no one, no one really gotten back to us. Link is in there. Let me link the link. No one tweeted us or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, they. I mean, some people will follow stuff and and whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, some people. Uh, we're we're going to have for the because you're going to hear this one if, if you follow our feeds. Uh, straight up, you're going to hear this one before you hear the next one. But we are going. Uh, Todd George and I are going to be recording. Oh yeah, when the next uh, tomorrow morning actually. Okay. Um. So, but we're going to probably play around with. We're going to probably change the 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 front and end of it a little bit, you know, just or mix it up a little bit. So we're just going to be trying out different ways of um, uh, okay. packing the content. So people can recognize it as a different one when they when they hear it, because because uh, when I when I listen to podcasts, I just have automatic subscriptions and I just play it in my car and whatever happened to come up next from any podcast chronologically plays next. That's how I catch up to all mine. Just come in with a this is not your daddy's history of personal computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there we're not going to have the eBay stuff. In. In it. Uh, we've already determined that. Uh, we may not even look for current pricing because this version does a good job at that. And um, we're just probably going to look into uh, more details and maybe some ephemera. You know, try, try to move people into a bubble of time when that particular machine came out. Also, experience the machine. Looking at it from, yes. Yeah, and, and I've been doing research on like archive newspaper services and stuff, trying to see if I can find things. Uh, but that, that's the, that's the kind of direction it's going to be. It's just going to, it's going to be more of a, a fireside chat type thing, I guess, kind of like that. So where we can be gentle when we talk. So what does this mean uh, where someone sent us an email referencing a list of our current? Oh, okay. Um, he said, send us an email referencing list of current and former podcasts. I think what it was is, um, I think we mentioned the last show we were going to have two tracks. Oh, okay. 
so that hasn't been established yet. Uh, but there, it'll be two separate podcast feeds. That's what it'll end up being. So there'll be two RSS feeds instead of just the one. I'm going to try to preserve the eBay one as is. And then, oh, I mean, sure? we haven't talked about this, but you want to have it on a different RSS feed? Why not just uh, have it on the same one? So everybody, but if you have I, a different I, intro and stuff, then I can do that. Really, that's not but a it's problem. up to you I guys. I'm not, you know, it's no, not, no, we can put it that it's way. Okay You're either right. way, but well, the title of it's going to be different. Like this is what the eBay 14, but oh. the other one is going to be like um, it won't say eBay, but it might have like the number seven. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, you guys do what you think's best. You re- you reset it to one for the eBay shows. Where we were still sitting at like a number six yeah. or seven or, eight yeah. or something like that. So that's how that's going to go. So if we just change the name and the title to keep it, you know, like the eBay, uh, we'll, we'll come up with something. Okay. And tomorrow might just be a trial run. We might record the whole thing and say, no, we don't like the format. We'll go back to the drawing board and try it again. So that's always possible. Then then we'll release that as a special episode on the DVD. <laughs> yeah. Well, good to go. So, got anything else? Any closing remarks? No. Had I asked um, you about? No. I know I, I did, but I don't remember. But like uh, the Chicago show, did you say you are going to try to go or no? I not, don't think I'll not be going. able okay. to make it. I think I may be Unfortunately going. Unfortunately, not. I might be going. Now, so that's the first weekend a, of September, and um, it looks like the guys. You know, those same guys I rode to the east with. Yes, from the club here, it looks like they're they're driving out there. So just maybe I might be going. Just my wife along she, in the van. Well, or maybe I'll drive. I don't know. My wife said she'd like to go to Chicago, so okay, maybe we'll drive. It depends. <laughs> my wife has a newer car. She likes to drive. Actually, she's she drove to uh, Springfield today. I don't like to drive. I won't tell you what state. <laughs> Springfield, yeah, she posted on her Facebook. Oh, my way to Springfield! And I said, "Well, that's cutting. That's that's getting close." And I listed like all twenty some states that have Springfield in the states. So it's got to be one of these, right? And that where the Simpsons uh, live? Yeah, in Springfield, <laughs> yeah, Springfield, USA. Now she went, um, she went to Springfield, uh, Massachusetts. So oh. she likes to drive her car, and hey, maybe she can drive to Chicago this year, and we'll consider that. Um, I drove the whole trip to and from because I had a newer car and it was fun to drive. But I don't know. If I had the extra money, I might actually try taking the train because I haven't really been on a cross-country or cross-half-country nice. no, train. That's an idea. And I would get one of those ones where you have the, like, the room to yourself type stuff so you can just watch the scenery go by. And I heard that that's as expensive as flying or more. It is, but it's an adventure. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather spend time sitting in a train that takes longer than standing in a TSA line. I know we've been going off the tracks here all all show, but what the heck? <laughs> no pun intended. Well, here we right? go. Let's see what this says here. <laughs> this is um, this says I did a search for train Atlanta Chicago, and so here's a website called Wander Wanderoo. It says uh, find the best deals and train tickets. Okay, so it says that we can take a train from Atlanta to Chicago. For 194 bucks, and that's probably that's not bad. In, that's probably just sitting in yeah, a seat, right? But that's okay with us. Oh, Wanderoo, I see it. I, for Chicago to New York is 85 bucks, but I, I'll be York. So um, now I would probably get the room because with the room you can have two or three people in it. Yeah. 
Okay, well, there you See, go. That's kind of interesting. The, the routes for me, that train won't be the same train from my area. Uh, in Pennsylvania, you got the, um, I forget, the Keystone line. That goes from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia and back. And then from Philadelphia, I remember going to New York once. And I'm in the middle of the state, so I'm like halfway there. So I'd have to take a single coach uh, seat to Pittsburgh and then wait and exchange trains and then I'll be in the the box or the, the car or whatever for for uh, from Pittsburgh to Chicago, which really isn't that far. And then in Chicago, I can take a local train to within a few blocks of the hotel where the event's at. Hmm. And if you know somebody who's going there, then they might be able to pick yeah. you up from the train station. I think that's an idea. If my wife really wants to go, I think we'll take a train. I think that'll be a lot of fun. You would have a longer ride, so it would probably be more enjoyable well, for it's, you. Well, it's saying 6 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., which is 13 Is that a straight hours. shot? Well, oh, because you're going from a major city. That's why. Well, I, don't, I'm, I imagine it does They make some stops. But also, I think you, we, you lose an hour, right? So really, one. it's 12 and yeah. a half hours? Don't worry. You get it back. They give it back to you when you return. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? You're going into an earlier time zone. Or yeah. no, maybe you lose an... Wait, so if it's if it's 7.30 Chicago, it's 8.30. Chicago is in oh. central time zone. So, so actually it's 14 and a half hours by train. Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. It has it, it, has it there. 14 and a half hours. That's a long tra- <laughs> That's a long ride. Yeah, see, that's why then you get those rooms because you can actually lay back and yeah. you, know, you have your own facility. I'm going to look into it, though. But still, man, even 14 and a half hours, I'd almost rather... Do that and drive. I hate I hate driving long distances. I get mad at you know people driving and stuff. I don't do road oh, rage. You know what I mean? But hey, I, get- I used to take a beetle from Texas to Pennsylvania and back, um, and that and I loved that when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, me too. I could do it if I had if I had one of those uh, Tesla Model S's that self drive almost to you know, then then I'd say yeah, just put it on I eighty or I seventy six and I eighty and just let it stay in lane. I don't care how fast or slow I'm going. I'll just let it drive most yeah, of the trip re- as long as I don't fall asleep like like in that viral video. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Off the rails again. eBay show 15 will be released on Friday, June 17th. We're, we are Which, co- as long as we've been taken to record this, that would be uh, 22 hours yeah. from now. We'll be covering the Cambridge Computer Z88 and Apple Macintosh Portable. Um, and the reason we're doing that is because then the the next show after that we're going to cover the um, Macintosh Power Books, which I think will probably take a whole show to do those because yeah, yeah there's so many variations of that. Yeah, I think I have one of them. Find all our show notes at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. Send feedback to feedback at historyofpersonalcomputing.com. We would really love to hear from you by email or uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Just tell something about us. Spread the word. Um, you know, send us something, make comments, send us audio if you feel like it. Telegram, Morse code. <laughs> I'll be I'll be tuned on seven point one eight two. Candy gram. Megahertz. Yeah, candy gram. <laughs> uh, Sugar free candy. The fruit flowers instead of real flowers. That'd be nice. Oh yeah, those uh, those fruit basket things. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Remember, caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. See you next time. Yeah. We made it to the end. Goodbye. <laughs> a slightly damaged golf bag. Buy some beanie babies new with tag from some guy I've never met in Norway. 
Leibel des Neid.